Hi, and welcome to the Internet Marketing Show that gives you, amongst other things, simple, proven, and practical steps to build your very own successful online business. Here's your host, the village marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. Hello there, this is Peter Beckenham, the village marketer, and today is all about the power of storytelling and how it can transform your presentations. It's all about how to communicate to convert. So many times as we go through life, we encounter storytellers, right? Some of them are really easy to listen to. Some of them are fun and exciting and memorable. And we walk away with our lives changed for better. Whilst with others, they're difficult to even listen to for more than a few seconds. They're difficult to follow and they're also difficult to remember. And the moment that we get having that type of experience with a person, we forget what they tell us anyway and we forget about them. Or even worse, we walk away with a bad impression of what has just happened. And so today we're going to spend our time talking about storytelling. How to be a great storyteller. How to be a memorable storyteller. And more importantly, how to use storytelling so that people want to go further with you, so that people want to take the next step with you, to follow you, to join you, and to buy from you. Now, there are many different reasons that we tell stories. One reason that we would tell a story is to simply entertain. Another is that we would tell a story to simply let other people get to know us better, right? And another one, we'd tell a story because we want to make people laugh or maybe make them cry. Well, none of those reasons are what we're going to talk about today. If you simply want to entertain an audience or make them laugh or make them cry, that's really a different type of storytelling from what I'm talking about today. What we're going to talk about is using storytelling to get people to join you or your organisation and take the next step of this journey with you. And so we want to make sure that you have your purpose, a clear purpose of why you are telling these stories in the first place. And the purpose is not to get people to give you a standing ovation. That's not what it's all about. The purpose is not to get people to laugh or to follow or just give you a thumbs up and say you're a great speaker. None of that. The purpose is so that people would engage with you further. The purpose is so that they will connect with you and take the next step with you. That's when you know your presentation is done properly. And that's why we use stories to connect with people. And it may look different for lots of people, but that is the purpose of storytelling. The beauty of everything I'm going to teach you today is that it works across all formats. If you're going to go on Facebook Live, you want to be a great storyteller. If you want to go to give a webinar, you want to be a great storyteller. If you want to have a one-on-one sales call, again, you want to be a great storyteller. If you want other people to change what they think, what they do, how they act, if you want to be a positive influence on others, then you need to be a great storyteller. And I learned that very quickly as a high school teacher on days when I just walk in and start teaching. It was an economics class and quite often when I just started teaching, none of the kids would actually really connect. None of them would be really actively listening. So I changed and I would walk in and I'd tell a story and I'd walk in and share a bit from my life 
from that day or the previous day or the night before, from the weekend. And the kids would listen. Okay? And the same goes for people. They will listen. People will listen and they will connect with you if you get your story in the right order. And that's what we're going to go through today. This holiday weekend was a better holiday weekend for me than a year ago. Do you know why it was a better holiday weekend than a year ago? It wasn't because of the weather. Because the weather here in Thailand is always hot. Hot and wet or hot and dry. It was a better holiday weekend than it was a year ago because I could lay on my couch. Now you're probably thinking, why couldn't you lay on your couch a year ago, Peter? And the answer is because our eldest daughter was always laying on our couch. She'd graduated and she hadn't gotten a job. She was living in our house and she was living on my couch. And like so many of you who have kids who are still sitting on your couch and won't leave the house, I couldn't relax really and lay on my own couch because someone else was sitting there on the couch and someone else had the remote control as well. Now that's a very short story. It's a very short connection story. And it's a story with a purpose. And we're going to look at some of these purposes. And I'll come back to the story about our oldest daughter a few times during this session. You see, I'm going to teach you the three most important things that you must include in every story that you tell if you want to accomplish everything that you want to achieve. But first, let's talk about storytelling for the specific purpose of getting people to take action. Storytelling to introduce yourself to new people. Storytelling to get people to connect. Storytelling to sell your offers. Storytelling has six very distinct purposes. The six specific purposes or things that you want your stories to do are 1. Be ordinary. 2. Be extraordinary. 3. Show your why. 4. Connect with your audience. 5. Introduce the topic. And 6. Be memorable. Be ordinary. Be extraordinary. Show your why. Connect with your audience. Introduce your topic. And be memorable. And we'll go through each of these six purposes of storytelling so you can really improve your skills in this critical aspect of any presentation you'll do in the future. And it's not as easy to say, oh, I've got a great story, and I bet everybody listening to this session has a great story anyway, right? Well, it doesn't seem so simple now, does it, right? Because these are six specific purposes you've got to take into consideration. I mean, you've been telling stories your whole life, and you probably didn't even know that you had six things that you were trying to accomplish as you were telling those stories. So let's go through each of those six purposes and make sure that you understand and can use them in your own way. And this will also drive why we include the three most important things you must have in all of your stories. First thing you want to do is to make sure that you are ordinary. Ordinary means I'm just like the listener. I'm just like you. I've struggled with what you've struggled with. I've worried about what you've worried about. That's ordinary. And you have to make sure it's a connection point. That you are like your audience. An audience of one or an audience of many people. If you get up on stage, if you go online, get on the phone, log into Zoom or across the table from someone at Starbucks and you're telling a story and they can't relate to any of it, then it's really difficult to use that story to grow your business. 
to increase your sales and to influence the lives of others. On the other hand, if you start your story and have people thinking, say, hey, you're just like me. That's the same thing that happened to me. I know that story. So when I told the story about our daughter still living at our house, still been on my couch last holiday weekend, some of you were like, I know that story. I've got kids who haven't moved out yet. I've got kids who are on my couch. I've got kids that never let me touch the remote control. You understood. You were thinking, hey, that's just like me. That's ordinary. And people have resonated and related to you. Now, in addition to that, you want your story to show some extraordinary aspects. Extraordinary means I've solved the problem that you have. I've done something that you haven't done. I've figured out something you haven't figured out yet. And all great stories have a little bit of ordinary and a little bit of extraordinary. People like my grandma often told pointless stories. I mean, I love her dearly, but her stories were definitely not of much communication value, right? I mean, do you have a grandma and an aunt or a relative or a friend who does this, for example? The person comes in and is like, oh, you'll never believe what happened to me. Yesterday I went to the grocery store and I got groceries. That's the story. Everybody's sitting around like, what's the extraordinary part of the story? Did something happen at the grocery store, Grandma? Or on the way home from the grocery store? Did something happen when you're trying to unpack your groceries? What else? So there's nothing extraordinary about that at all. Now, on the other hand, a week ago, we had no transport available. So we ordered in some groceries and had them delivered. And we just ordered some chicken breasts and some gluten-free bread, plus some vegetables, and that was it. And the delivery guy dropped off our groceries at our front door. And as the first thing I pulled out of the bag was four packs of giant ribeye steaks wrapped in butcher's paper with a price tag equivalent to 59 bucks on the package. We didn't order these ribeye steaks. We didn't even pay for them. And despite trying to do the right thing by contacting the company about the error, they're not prepared to do anything about correcting the huge over-order. And I must tell you, those ribeye steaks were absolutely delicious. Now that's a story that starts out just like an ordinary grocery shopping story, right? But it's got something extraordinary in it. And so you remember that more and it's a better story. And yes, those ribeye steaks, they were really delicious. So every story needs some extraordinary bits, right? Every story needs to have some ordinary bits. And then the third thing a great story does is to show your why, right? Ordinary to relate to your audience, extraordinary, and then to show you why. A great story lets people know why this is important to you. Now, some of the examples that I'm giving are just random stories that I'm showing you. What makes a story memorable and what makes a story not memorable? But if you have your first introduction to a new audience, whether it's an audience of one on a phone sales call or a Zoom call or across the desk or at a meeting, whether it's a small group audience or a room full of people or a job interview or whether it's a webinar or a Facebook Live, you want to make sure that you are ordinary and extraordinary and you show your why, why it's important for you. Let them know that this is important to you. And there's a reason why this is important. 
But that's not all. The story should also connect with your audience so your audience knows why they should listen beyond the story. One of the things about the story that you're going to tell at the start of any presentation or the start of any encounter with an audience is that the story that you're going to tell needs to be memorable. Memorable enough to get people to listen to the rest of what you have to say beyond the story. However, the story is so important that it has not only to be memorable in itself, but make people want to listen to the rest of your presentation, as I just previously mentioned. And so it has to connect with the audience and let them know that. And it has to introduce the topic that you're going to talk about today. And so introducing the topic means, why did you take the time to talk to us today? If it's a webinar, if it's a Facebook Live, if it's a Zoom call, then what is the topic that you're going to speak about? I mean, what you don't want someone to say about you after you tell a story is, you really are a good storyteller, Peter, but I've got absolutely no idea why you told us that story. That's what you don't want people to say, right? So you want to connect your story to the topic. You want to connect your story to your audience. That's what you need to do. The two connection points are critical. Connecting your story to the topic and connecting your story with your audience. Now, obviously, we tell stories in many different situations. Sometimes we're on a Facebook Live for, say, five minutes, and we're going to tell one quick story. But it should have a point. Don't be the person who tells lots of stories that have no points. I mean, I've heard people and listened to people who say they're teaching on a specific topic and they cover point number one and then point number two, and then say, oh, that reminds me of a funny story. And then they tell a funny story. And then they go back to the topic. But the story and the topic have got absolutely nothing to do with each other. That's who you don't want to be. That's a story that distracts from your topic. What you want is the story that connects with your topic, right? And then the last thing, and this could be one of the hardest things for you. As I mentioned previously, you want to make your story memorable. You want your story to be something that people will think about afterwards. Now, the next time you have a ribeye steak, you should be thinking, oh, Peter got his steaks for free. Peter didn't have to pay for his steaks. And Peter loves his free steak. Or next time you sit on your couch and relax, you should think, a year ago, Peter couldn't do this. If you had somebody else sitting on your couch and you couldn't sit on it, then it would be memorable, right? Something should be there to make it memorable. These are the six purposes of your story. Ordinary. Extraordinary. Show your why. Connect to your audience. Introduce your topic and be memorable. Now, one great speaker who covered all six purposes with great skill was Malala. If you aren't familiar with Malala, she was a 16-year-old Nobel Prize winner from Afghanistan who was shot in the head just for wanting to go to school. And if you want to see a great example of an amazing speaker, go to YouTube sometime and look up Malala's Nobel Prize acceptance speech and you will see ordinary, extraordinary and show her why in the first two and a half minutes. In the first two and a half minutes, Malala says, I'm probably the only Nobel Prize winner who still has an eight o'clock bedtime. She's ordinary, right? 
I'm probably the only Nobel Prize winner who still gets into fights with two baby brothers. She's ordinary, right? And I'm probably the only Nobel Prize winner who got shot in the head simply because I wanted to go to school. And boom, extraordinary. And show your why like that. Absolutely amazing how in just two and a half minutes she can be ordinary, extraordinary, and show her why just like that. So these are the purposes of your storytelling. So what's your story? What story are you going to tell? The story that you want to tell to an audience that hasn't heard you speak before, whether it's an audience on social media, whether that's an audience on a webinar, whether it's a one-on-one sales conversation where everybody knows what's going to happen next, that opening story that you tell makes all the difference in the world to the outcome. And so I want you to make sure that you know the three things that you have to include, as well as the six purposes I've just shared with you. To be as effective as possible, remember your goal is to have the audience take the next step with you. First, listen to the rest of what you have to say. And then after that, you want them to take the next step. The next step could be signing up for a newsletter, follow you on Facebook, become a fan, become a friend, become a customer, whatever, right? Whatever it is, we want to have the very best chance of them doing that. So I'm going to share with you the three things that you need to include in your story. And when done correctly, it's going to lead you right down the path to somebody who's going to take the next step with you. So let's go through the three things that you want to include in every story that you tell. The first thing is that you want to make sure your story has a simple emotional line. Did you know that every story that you tell has an emotional line? And you want your emotional line to be as simple as possible. Now let me show you some classic emotional lines that people have in their stories. Okay, here's one simple emotional line that you can use in a story. Things got bad, and then they got good. That's a very simple emotional line. Very simple for you. Here's another simple emotional line. Things got good, then some bad things happened, and then they got good again. So there's some very simple emotional lines, and it's not difficult for the audience to follow. Now, what are some more complicated emotional lines? And remember, the more complicated they are, the less effective they're going to be. But you may recognise your story in some of these complicated ones. For example, things got good, and then they got bad again. And then they got good again, and then they got bad again. And then they got good again, and up and down, and up and down, and up and down, right? Just too many ups and downs. And sometimes when you're hearing a story like that, after the third or fourth or fifth up and down, you're like... Oh, please, please, I don't know why you keep taking me on this journey. Can't we simplify this? And here's another type of story that isn't a good emotional line. Things got bad, and then they stayed bad, and then they stayed bad, and they got bad for a little while longer, then they were bad for even longer, and it just went on being bad, bad, bad. With stories like that, at some point, the audience is just fatigued. You've worn them out. And if things ever did eventually get good for you, what we say about this type of story is that your value was too long. You need to shorten it up. It's too fatiguing. So we like your story to have a very simple emotional line, right? 
Now, the easiest way to make sure that your emotional line is simple is to focus your story not on the entire length of the story. I mean, for example, if your story begins, I was born in this year, and then I became a one-year-old, and then I became a two-year-old, and then I became a three-year-old, and then I became a four-year-old. I mean, it just keeps going and going, and you tell us your entire life story. That's not a great way to tell a story. Great stories focus on specific moments. Great stories focus on very specific moments, in fact. So what moments should you focus on? Well, if you recognise these emotional lines, then the moments you should focus on are the transitional moments, the moment that things turn from bad to good, the moment when things hit rock bottom, then you said, I can't take it anymore. The technique is called episodic storytelling. Episodic storytelling is not to tell us your story like a third-party narrator, not to tell us your story like a biographer who's writing a story about you. Instead, from a first-person point of view, you take us into a room. Yep, you take us into a room where we can see what you can see, where we can hear what you hear, where we can feel what you feel. And if you can do that correctly, if you can take us into the room where we can get those emotions and hear and see and feel what you feel, then that's exactly the type of story that people love to listen to. Because they resonate with you, because they can relate with you, all right? So instead of telling us what happened over 10 years, tell us what happened over 10 seconds, over a minute or two minutes when the phone rang and you picked up the phone. Take us into that room. Set the scene for us. I was at my kitchen table. I thought it was going to be an ordinary morning. And then the phone rang. And the entire audience in the room is with you. The entire audience is experiencing this emotional moment with you. And when you do this correctly, the audience will become emotionally attached to you and your story, not just for the next 10 minutes, but probably for the rest of their lives. Think about the best presentations that you've ever heard, ever seen. Think about the best speakers and speeches you've heard. And I'll be willing to bet that the speaker took you into a room and shared a moment with you that really resonated. A moment where their life turned for the better or turned for the worse. That's the power of episodic storytelling. Now, because we're telling stories with simple emotional lines, I want to teach you another advanced technique. You know, when you're telling a story by yourself, you don't have a soundtrack behind you. I mean, I was watching a movie this weekend, and it was easy to follow the movie, because all I had to do was listen to the music. And if the music was upbeat, then I knew good things were going to happen. If the music got dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, then I knew bad things were going to happen in the movie. So here's the thing about when you're telling a story. When you're telling a story, there's no soundtrack. There's no music behind the story. So how do you help the audience know whether the story is going to get better or get worse? How do you help the audience know what's coming up next in the story? You do it with the tone of your voice. When your emotional line is going down, your voice at the end of your sentences goes down. Okay, And when your emotional line is going up, the tone of your voice should go up. 
I mean, nobody wants to be monotone. And we've all heard speakers who get up there and tell a story like this and you don't know if you're reading the story or not. The only thing you know is that they're not changing their tone or their voice and it's really difficult for more to listen to them for more than 10 seconds, etc., 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 right? That's monotone. Terrible way to deliver anything. By the same token, we've also had the opportunity to listen to stories from really good storytellers. And the beauty of listening to their story with a really good storyteller is that their voice cues us whether the story is going to get better or get worse. Their actual tone of voice gives you the clue. So when you're telling a story, make sure that your voice matches the emotional line of the story. What you don't want to say is, I got a phone call and my sister was on the other end of the line and she told me my brother had been in a car accident. I mean, that doesn't make sense, right? Your brain is going one way because my voice is talking excited and happy, but the story is going the other way because my brother was just in a car accident. Here's something you can try right now. Say the sentence, I was sitting at the table and I heard my phone ring. Or, I was sitting at the table and I got the phone call. Now watch how you can change that one sentence. I was sitting at the table and I got the phone call. For example, let's pretend that this is a phone call that's going to tell you that you won the lottery. Or let's pretend that this is a phone call that's going to tell you that you just landed the biggest sale of your life. Then you would say the sentence, I was sitting at the table and I got the phone call. Excitement, surprise, enjoyment, happiness, all showing in tone, right? Now let's say that it's a different story. This time, this is a story that's going to tell you that when you answer the phone, that someone that you love very much has been in a car accident, right? Now, so then how would you say, I was sitting at the table and got the phone call? How would you say it differently? I was sitting at the table and I got the phone call. The tone in your voice, flat and sad, right? And you're sending a message to your audience. If you're telling it when the storylines are going up, just like you won the lottery or you got the biggest sale of your life, your voice goes up at the end of the sentence. If I'm telling where the storyline is going down, like someone I love has just been in a car accident, then my voice turns down at the end of each sentence. So now let's get back to my daughter's story. About six months ago, she applied for the job of her dreams. The job of her dreams was really all came down to one moment. I was sitting there and she was living with us, sleeping on my couch, sitting on my couch every day so I couldn't relax, controlling the TV so I couldn't watch what I wanted to watch. And we were having dinner one night about a week after she'd been interviewed for the job. We were all sitting around the table together and her phone rang. Now at this point in the story, you should know whether she got the job or not simply by the tone in my voice. You should have realised that she didn't get the job right. And so because of the tone of my voice, you already have time to emotionally adapt to the story. The story is connected to you. Your emotion is connected to me and you're part of the story. Yep, she answered the phone and she didn't get the job. And she went back to my couch. Again, she still owned the sofa, right? And so that's how you use your tone of voice. It helps simplify the emotional line of your story, right? The tone of your voice plays a part of music in a movie.
Most of the stories that we tell have two complicated emotional lines. And you can avoid that by simplifying your emotional line and using your voice to help the audience follow you along. Now let's talk about the second of the three things you need to include in a great story for it to do all six things that we want the story to do to achieve the six purposes we covered earlier in the session. We want to make sure that your story includes transformation. All great stories for the purpose that we're talking about today include a transformation. What's a transformation? A transformation is a clear before and after. And we've all seen info commercials where there's a line down the middle of the screen, right? And there's a picture of before and there's a picture of the after. Great stories have a clear before and a clear after. One of the greatest storytellers of our times was Steve Jobs, the co-founder of Apple. He used stories to sell better than just about anybody. And when Steve would stand up on a stage and sell us the new Apple product, he would tell a story. A story about what life was like before this product was available. And a story about what life is like now that this product is available. Remember how you used to have to manage your music. Some of you who are close to my age may remember managing all your records. Some of you who are younger than me remember managing all your CDs. Some of you remember managing digital music or trying to download digital music. And then Steve Jobs comes out with iTunes or an iPod or whatever his latest product was. And then instead of like that, there's this. And he painted two pictures, a clear before and a clear after. When he first introduced the iPhone with visual voicemail, he said, in the past, you used to have an answering machine or a voicemail that you could call into and you had to listen to all the messages to get to the fifth one. Now with the iPhone, you can look at all your messages and just listen to the one that you want to listen to. So he painted two pictures, two stories, a clear before and a clear after, right? And that's what great stories for the purpose we're talking about today must have, a very clear before and a very clear after. There's a clear transformation that's going on in the story. Now, how do you use stories to get people to take the next step with you? How do you use stories to get people to be interested in your offer? How do you use a story on social media? Or how do you use a story to get people to want to call you next week or to email you for more information or to visit your website? Well, you would tell a transformational story with a clear before and a clear after. And you do two things. You make sure that the clear before is relatable to the current person you're speaking to. This has to be like the person you're really speaking to. And just to seal the deal, just to make it even easier for the audience to see, why don't you add these words to this part of your presentation? And the words are, like many of you. Like many of you, when my daughter graduated, she kept living with us. And like many of you, that lasted longer than either of us wanted to. Now, if you are in the target audience that has kids the age of my kids, you are now with me. You have recognised that you're with me. Recognise that my story is your story. Like many of you, I tell stories online often. And I want people to remember those stories, connect to those stories. And I want them to follow up with me and do business with me after I tell them the stories. If you're in that audience, my little cue, like many of you, 
help you recognize that you're in that group, right? Now, let's say I have a really unique situation. Let's say I've got a situation that no one else has ever had. I mean, just as a crazy example, I'm the only person in the world who has had four kids who were all born on the same day but years apart. Yep, four kids, they're all born on, say, the 10th of July. And I don't think there's anybody else ever had four kids all born on the 10th of July. Should I start my story then with, like many of you, I have four kids all born on the 10th of July? I don't think so. Because not many people have four kids, let alone all being born on the 10th of July. And here's another tip. Maybe that shouldn't be the first story you tell. Maybe you shouldn't tell the story first, because if you remember, there are six purposes of us telling a story. Being ordinary and having four kids born the same day sure isn't ordinary. It also isn't connecting with your audience. It doesn't introduce the topic. And it doesn't show you why. So that's a very good example of why people tell the wrong story at the start of their presentation. What if we judge the stories we are told at the beginning and the end of our presentation? Not based on how many people come up to us afterwards and say, wow, that was amazing. What if instead we judge the stories we told the first time we met a new audience based on how many people came up to us afterwards and said, that's the very same thing that happened to me. I can actually know, I know exactly what you're trying to do. I saw that and felt that and experienced that myself. I mean, if you start a story, for example, I coach someone who climbed to the top of Mount Everest, then how many people in the audience will relate to that? Not a one, right? However, just to make it extreme and to make the point clear, if you start a presentation by saying that they were arguing with their wife about whether the toilet paper should come out over the top of the roll or under the bottom of the roll, then how many people could relate to that? Just about everybody, right? And so that's a better example of a story that clearly connects with the audience. It should look like the audience. That's what it should do. Look like the audience, right? If you're speaking to one person, that opening story should look like them. If you're speaking to 100 people, you should pick a story that the most of them will be able to relate with. And then the after. When you get to the end of the story, the after should be the aspirations of your audience. This should be what your audience wants to look like. This should be what your audience hopes for and dreams for. And so, for example, if you're speaking to an audience of, say, entrepreneurs, and you say, you know, in the beginning, I really struggled. In the beginning, I couldn't find an audience for my product. In the beginning, I worked really hard and just couldn't make many sales at all. I would tell you those things about my before because I think you can probably relate to some of those as an entrepreneur yourself. And then when I get to the end of my story, the after, I'd be describing a world where I have freedom to choose what I want to do each day. I have an income that isn't related to the amount of work I have to do. And I have an influence and an impact on other people's lives in a very positive way. And if that's the aspirations of your audience, and they used to look like this, and then they want to look like this, then that's the perfect storyline for them. Transformational stories are powerful. The perfect story for the purpose that we're talking about today, right, always includes a transformation, where I go from where the audience is to where the audience wants to be. 
And if you can include that as part of your story, that is exactly what you want to do. So that's the second of the three things. The first one is we want to make sure that is a simple emotional line. We use episodic storytelling and the soundtrack of our voice and our tone to make sure that it really is simple for the audience to follow. The second thing is we want to make sure it's a transformational story, a story that takes us from where the audience is to where they want to be, so they can see for themselves, so they can feel for themselves, so they can think and act and create an emotional attachment to it. In other words, you're in their world now and you're painting a picture of the world that they want to have and that would help them join you. If you're selling a product or a service, we want it to go from the problem they're struggling with now to a world without that problem, from their current hell, so to speak, to their future heaven, from the pain in the past to the pleasure in the future. Now, the third thing I need you to include, and this is going to sound a little weird based on what I just said, but the third thing that every great story includes is one unique element, one absolutely unique element. And if you think about our six purposes, the unique element I told you earlier that I had four kids born the same day, right? Well, that's pretty unique, but it was so unique it didn't connect to the audience. So the core of your story doesn't have to be unique. What we're looking for is just one little part of your story that can be unique. It shouldn't be the whole story, okay? Because then you can't connect to the audience. So how can you be unique and connect at the same time? The answer is most of your story connects exactly to the audience's journey, but there's just one unique little element in it. You know the reason for this? I mean, there's tons of research behind it. Most of the time, our brain is almost on autopilot. We use little tricks. We use little shortcuts. We use the past to figure out what's going to happen next. We're thinking fast. Now, you, as the person telling the story, actually has to include things in the story that make people think slow. And what you can include is one unique element. Think about what Malala said in her Nobel Prize acceptance presentation. The only person who was shot in the head just because she wanted to go to school, right? And there's a unique part in all of us. I mean, for example, multi-millionaire owner of ClickFunnels, a guy by the name of Russell Brunson, is a very typical entrepreneur story. I mean, he wanted to make some money. He was in college, and so he put up a little website to make some money. And remember, this guy today is a multi-millionaire. But when he was in college and he put up his website, do you know what he sold? And he sold thousands of them? He sold potato guns. A gun that shoots potatoes. It's so unique that I still hear people come up to me and talk to me about the potato gun guy. Like, that's such a unique part of his story, right? So that's what you have to do. You have to add an element that will make your story memorable. And speaking of memorable, let's go back again to my daughter's story. After six months of not being able to get a job, I was practicing interviewing almost every night with her because she was getting lots of interviews but wasn't getting the jobs. Now I said to my daughter, you know, we should change your answer to that opening story. That opening story that you tell in the job interview. When they ask you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell me again, what do you tell them? And she said, Dad, well, I tell them I went to college for four years. I was awarded prizes every year for my sporting results as well. And I'm really excited about working for this company. 
And I said, you've got lots in there for, that's connecting. You've got lots in there that are ordinary and extraordinary. And you show your why. But you know what's missing? You're not sharing something that's absolutely unique. Something that no one else will say. So that night we sat down and we rewrote her opening story. And my daughter was a highly accomplished track and field high jumper. So we put in her opening story the fact that a lot of times operating a business is like high jumping because you've got a ton of information coming to you at the same time and it's all coming to you very quickly. And you have to process this and make quick decisions on the fly, just like when you approach the takeoff for a high jump. That's the only change we made. The rest of the interview was the same and she went in and she applied for a job. She did a job interview about a week later after practicing the new answer, right? About a week after that interview, we're all sitting around the table and her phone rang. Now, I don't really have to finish this story for you, right? You should be able to tell how the story ends because of how I told you how the phone rang. Remember, the tone of my voice is the soundtrack of the movie. And if I tell you that the phone rang, you know what's coming. But if I tell you that the phone rang, you know what's happened? She got the job. She got her dream job. She moved to the city of her dreams. She moved into her own apartment. She moved into a recession-proof, pandemic-proof job. It's a real dream job that she still got today. And guess what? I got the sofa back and the remote. That's the power of a memorable element in your story. So my question for you is, what is the one thing in your story that is unique? And by the way, it doesn't have to be the key to the whole story. If it's the biggest element of the story, it actually stops the story from connecting with your audience. But if it's a small part of the story, it's, if it's one unique element of the story, that's all you need. It's got to be that one little memorable bit. Every story should have it. Right? Before you go to your next Facebook Live to tell a quick story and teach something, or to tell a quick story and drive people to the next step, ask yourself, what's the one memorable, unique thing that I can say? Sometimes it's easy as inserting a word that isn't used very often. I mean, for example, when the phone rang and my daughter got the job, I was gobsmacked. Now, you remember that. You remember that because you don't hear the word gobsmacked very often anymore, right? That word will make you remember the story. That word actually flips you from fast thinking into slow thinking because it's a word that we don't hear very often anymore. So you think about what is the unique element that you're going to put into your story that's going to make it memorable? Now you have the three things that I want to make sure are in your story that you tell for the first time in front of an audience. A simple emotional line, a transformation with a clear before and a clear after picture, and one element that is completely unique. A small element, not a big element, a small element of the story that is completely unique that will make your story memorable. Now, if you include those three things in a story, it doesn't matter whether you have 30 seconds to tell a story or an hour to tell a story. It doesn't matter if you're online or on a stage or one-on-one across the table from someone at Starbucks. It doesn't matter if you're on the phone trying to sell something or just getting to know someone. Including those three points makes it happen for you. For whatever purpose you're telling the story, you should have a simple emotional line. 
You should have a transformation with a key before and after, and you should have one small unique element in your story. And when you do that, when you have these three things, you just think about our six storytelling purposes. A simple emotional line makes it easy for the audience to see that you're ordinary, that you are also extraordinary. The transformation shows you why. The first part of the transformation connects with the audience because your picture is their picture. The last part of the transformation introduces the topic of how you get from where you are now to where you want to be. And the unique element of the story, the unique small bit, is what makes it memorable. So you can see how you've related those three parts to the six purposes of your story. And when you do that, people are still thinking about it when they get home. They're still thinking about it the next day when they send you an email. They're still thinking about it long after the story's over. Telling a great story with a simple emotional line, a transformational before and after picture, and one simple, small, unique element is the way to tell stories that will change everything. Just to finish this session, let me share a personal touch. I got an email over the weekend from my daughter. And let me just read for you a little bit of the email. And she said this, Dad, I just wanted to say thank you. It's been six months now since I got the job. And I want to thank you for changing my opening question for the job interview. About a month ago, my boss called me on the phone and said, I still remember your interview. And I still remember the story of your high jumping and how you related that to the job that you were applying for. It was that memorable. So you can do this. You can change the story that you tell as well. So hopefully now I hope you can see why storytelling is a critical part of communicating to convert. You can add a simple emotional line, a simple transformational message, a simple unique characteristic to the story, and you won't only get the job of your dreams. You must definitely make a bigger impact with your audience and you'll also greatly improve your sales performances as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you got great value from this presentation. Thanks so much for listening to the Internet Marketing Inner Show with your host, the village marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. For more great content, go online, peterbeckenham.com. We'll catch you next time.